I'm Jacob Kurtzer. And I'm Kirsten Gelsdorf. And this is Beyond Aid, a podcast that takes you beyond the challenging headlines of humanitarian crises. And dives deeper into the people, ideas, and issues that may help us find ways to connect to humanitarian action. In today's conversation, we are excited to speak about how music and sports are also critical components of crisis response and recovery. We have the privilege of speaking with Jocelyn Bull of the Sierra Leone Refugee All-Stars and Anisur Rahman Rana, a member of the Bangladeshi wheelchair basketball team supported by the Red Cross. I'm Jason Bull. I play keys and guitar for the Sierra Leone Refugee All-Stars band. And presently, I live in Freetown, Sierra Leone. Let's start with the music. Okay. Can you tell us about your connection to music and how music first came into your life? Well, since childhood, I love music since childhood. Uh, I like to listen to when the birds sing. I will sit down and listen to the way they sing and like, I try to imitate them. I will start whistling the way they sing. I whistle. That's how I came into music. And sometimes I will climb up the tree and start singing loud. My voice will go far, you see. And then uh, when I grew up, I decided to say, okay, let me do concentrate on music. And where was this? In Freetown, Sierra Leone. And when I went to Guinea, the musical aspiration expanded. Tell me more about that. So you came into music in Sierra Leone, and then there was the conflict. Yeah, there was a conflict, and most people fled and ran away to seek refuge in the neighboring country, which is Guinea. So we were there, uh, no way to survive, only by music, or like me say, sometimes you go in the forest to go get some woods to come and sell them to make a living. So when you first got to Guinea, and so you were in a camp, and then you met these other musicians and storytellers. Can you tell me the story of what that was like when you met the other members of Sierra Leone's Refugee All-Stars? How did that happen? Yes, they were playing together. But unfortunately for me, I went down to Conakry. That's where, on my absence, they met with these producers. So the producers asked them to produce albums. And then they decided to produce this album. Unfortunately for me, I was not in the first album production because I was in Conakry. So they came, they did the first album, and I came back to Freetown for the launching. I joined them for the launching. How would you describe the power of music? You know, music drives trauma away, and music cools down your stress because it's not taking out the stress, but it's cooling down your stress. And one thing I know about music, you see, even the little kids, little baby, they know the value of music. When they start crying, you sing. That's one big, big effect of music. When baby start crying, you started singing, you will see that baby will cool down. That's one of the effects of music. Music is very, very important for the human soul, you know. Let, let me s s explain one important thing about music. I was with my guitar, and my friend also was with his guitar in the refugee camp. We were going somewhere to go play. 
And then we met two rebels. And then these rebels, they were carrying their AK-47 rifle. So we passed them. And then the other one said, hey, guys, rest the man. Then we stopped. Then he said, you have your guitar and we have our guitar. Then we say yes. He said, now tell me, which of these guitars can make someone dance good? I said, well, man, your guitar has different type of sound, like that noisy sound, so it can make someone jump. Then they laugh. They say, ha, ha, you guys, okay, you can go. <laughs> so that's what saved us that day because we created that phone. You see, music is very, very important. You also see kind of how it can bring people together. No matter what's happening yes. politically, it can be this connector. Yes. Sometimes they used to call us, they, 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 these rebels, they will meet us, they say, you guys, you are musicians. We're not going to harm you, but come perform for us. Come perform for us. We'll be there performing. Some will go and come say, you see, I'm just from the war front. You guys, you're going to play for us today again. Sometimes we'll take a week inside that town playing for them. You see, just entertaining them, but they won't harm us because uh, they need that entertainment. Yeah, they too, they need music. The rebels, they too, they need music. So many people in the world are now in these really challenging situations. And I think externally, you know, we think about, okay, we need to provide water and shelter and food. You know, where do you think music plays into that? Like as a kind of a core thing that helps make us human, how would you see it? Two things in the music, the lyrics and the rhythm. Some concentrate on the rhythm. They can dance to forget the pain in them. The lyrics tells them what to do. So they say, oh man, don't give up. There is hope. Don't worry. This is going to pass and you're going to get better days. So calm down. These lyrics will calm these people down and then the, the rhythm will make them dance to cool down the pain in them. So speaking about that with the lyrics, I was also curious, how do you see your band's lyrics? Do you see them as trying to be on the optimistic side or do you try to use the lyrics to tell the stories and the truth of the challenges that everyone's facing? How do you decide what lyrics to sing in and about these situations that are, you know, quite challenging. Because you're in the refugee camp, you're not going to sit down like that because you're in the refugee camp. You have to, like, be progressive. Use your, your initiative. Like, your, you should be creative. Try to do something so that you can survive. Although people are going to help you, like, say, okay, yes, do this, do this, do this, so that you can survive. Although people are coming to your aid, People are coming to help you, but don't just sit down like that. And try to be creative and do something positive. They only listen to radio. And the radio they listen to, um, just news, not much more music. But this live music with, the, with them, they're participating in the music with you, the guys. So they really feel happy for that. And probably a lot of that news was also, you know, hard news to hear. <laughs> not buoyant, uplifting news either. Have you always seen yourself as an optimist? How do you think about that statement? Yes, because as I said earlier on, I like to be creative. When this door is closed, 
I will try open the other door so that I make things work. So I don't want to sit down without doing anything. So that's where my optimism is. It's in me. I know, like, if I take my guitar, if nothing happens, I take my guitar, I sit down on the pathway, the road, I play my guitar, someone's going to give me a dime there, and I will survive. So that's, that's where I respect music. I know it's going to happen. So the band. In your title of your band, right, it says Sierra Leone's Refugee All-Stars. To have the word refugee in the title of the band, tell me a little bit about that. Is that an important identity component for the members of the band? or The word refugee, everybody can be a refugee. Anything can happen. You go seek refuge somewhere. You can have a natural disaster. Apart from war, you can have a natural disaster. And then because of this disaster... You go and seek refuge somewhere else. Refugee is not only that uh, those who are driven from their country through war, but it can happen. Everybody can be a refugee. When you think of your audience, who do you think of? Do you think of a public that hasn't been through crisis situations? Or do you think of an audience of, you know, all these people around the world, right? It's now one in 33 people around the world are caught in crisis, right? So who are you thinking of? I'm thinking of the people suffering, like the people who are in difficult situation. It depends on the type of lyrics. When I sing certain songs, I think of the people concentrating on that area. Like if I sing about poverty, I think of the people who are in the, that section. When you're touring... Do you see yourself as just a musical act or do you see yourself also as a representative of the Sierra Leonean, you know, community and diaspora? Like, how do you see yourself when you go out there? Yeah, I see myself as an artist. I see myself as an ambassador also. I'm going out. I'm representing my country to go spread the news message to people so that they can understand what is going on. I see myself also as an ambassador. Because I'm going to represent my country. So that's how I see myself. What's a memorable performance or some memorable performances? I mean, I loved the story earlier. You told us some of them. But are there any other memorable performances that you would want to share? When we perform for the disabled people in Hall City in England, when we perform for them, the way they came around us and the way we, we share that Feeling together, yes, up to now I can remember, I, I can memorize that day. Yeah, that performance was great. Is there other things that you kind of wanted to add or share with us or share with our audience? We're trying to, you know, also kind of spread hope and talk about progress and try to bring some optimism, you know, into a world where we're increasingly hearing stories of despair so that people can kind of continue on and connect. So are there other kind of other things you would want to share? I just want to say we should keep on spreading healthy information to the people, not uh, like because of this or that or that, but we spread healthy information to people so that the people can understand what to do and what not to do. This, is, this should be our, our target in this world. As I said before earlier, 
we can't eliminate everything like that, but we calm down the, the tension, you know? We adjust it a little bit down. I really, I can't thank you enough for doing this. You're welcome, you're welcome. And now Jacob will speak with Anisur Rachman Rana about the power of sports. Today we're speaking with a volunteer at the Center for the Rehabilitation of the Paralyzed in Dhaka, Bangladesh, and a member of the Bangladeshi wheelchair basketball team, Anisur Rahman Rana. Rana, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Rana, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? I live in the Dhaka suburb for my ACA conditions right now. ACA means I am now a spinal injury patient. I live in the suburb because UC is the nearby in the CRP. CRP is the organization. It's the Center for the Rehabilitation of Paralyzed. And I will a basketball play since 2010. I play right now. Can you tell us a little bit more about the work of the Center for the Rehabilitation of the Paralyzed? This is a rehabilitation for the paralyzed people in Bangladesh. They work with the stroke patients, CP, child, and others, and now they work with the ICRs. They do some therapy, you know, physiotherapy, occupational therapy. It's just a relief center for the paralyzed people like me, who is now a spinal injury. If you need some occupational, they do that, and also need speech and language therapy also they do. They have some programs, like community-based rehabilitations, and they work with another project to rejoin their patient to the community. I know when I see pictures of Bangladesh and Dhaka in particular, I see an extremely busy city. The picture that I think about is one of jam-packed traffic and tuk-tuks and a lot of people moving around. Can you tell us a little bit about what life is like in Dhaka for people who are in a wheelchair? It's horrible, actually. Dhaka is the capital of our country, it's Bangladesh. You know, it is a small country. I would save Dhaka or I a view for the whole Bangladesh is so tough to believe. I had to struggle for seven years to get this room because this was not accessible for me. I had to talk to the, our house owner to please give it a ramp, give me a, the toilet accessible for me because 99% of accommodations in Bangladesh is not accessible for uh, wheelchair patients who use the wheelchair. We have a no another lane for the footpath or something. You have to cross the road in the main tunnel. Do you have no overpass system for the wheelchair persons? We have to risk in your life when they go for the cross the line in the middle. And in the some important area in Dhaka, like a prime minister house or some uh, BAP lane, they have some zebra crossing of it, something. But most of the Bangladesh and all don't. Approximately in Dhaka, the city, it's a whole jam pack. There is lots of traffic jam. You have to go to a three kilometers by bus. You have phase one hours with two hours traffic, you know, busy country, busy city. I want to ask you a little bit about sport and wheelchair basketball. For some people, we think about sports as a diversion or something extra in your life. Can you talk a little bit about what sports has come to mean for you living in Dhaka as a person with disability? I said that I'm a sports person. 
actually before my discontinuations because I like to play sports. Basically, the outdoor sports like cricket, football, it's been soccer. Sports is a part of the whole every Bangladesh child because do you know any child to this don't in sports? So there is something part of our country people who play sports. So sports is a very good possibility to control your mind, to refresh any frustration. I am a normal person. I am a human. I have some emotion, of course. I have some for frustration for something for other. When you go for sports and give some sweat on here, then your mind is absent for what you actually suffer. Sports means it's a system. We have to do something in the system. So you can teach the students how to obey the rules, how to control yourself to be a very good person. In Bangladesh, probably 90% of a young person like me and junior like they are smoking, smoking cigarettes. Fortunately, sports actually helps me to stay away from that. You said that in Bangladesh, sport is part of everyone's life. You know, young people, everyone's playing sports. Before you found the wheelchair basketball program at CRP, was that something that you felt excluded from? Like there is this part of Bangladeshi culture that you could not participate in? This is the one one place there is a, a disabled person play wheelchair basketball. In Bangladesh, there is no good very experience for the person with disabilities to play or sports because they have some lots of barriers and lots of problems in Bangladesh for staying fast in your accommodations, stay for your education. We have no any basic rights. The government have to give you some your uh, accommodations, your educations, entertainment purpose. We don't get any of our basic rights. Sports is now is uh, luxury things. A disabled person totally disconnect from the normal child or normal populations because of their condition. For you as an individual, what did it mean to discover wheelchair basketball and to start to play? How did it change your life in various ways? This is the first time when I come to the CRP for the treatment because I am the spinal cord injury patient. The CRP has some therapeutic program for basketballs and table tennis also. So first time I saw and say that they called me to play, let's play basketball for recreations. I give me a wheelchair and play basketball. First time is so hard to play, and but I gradually realized that if you want to play basketball and it gives you some recreation for your some frustration in your mind, you had an accident and now in the treatment your leg is not working, some frustration is growing. Some people are thinking about his mind for suicide or something or that. Sports actually helped me to avoid those types of things to do. When I go for a, a wheelchair basketball, I communicate with the other participants who like me. We have some audience here to the clap and give this give me to you some confidence. That okay, life is beautiful. When you talk about the audience clapping, do you think that? The sport itself of wheelchair basketball, and I saw online that there's now the cricket league as well. Do you think that this has changed the way people in your community view people with disabilities? 
Actually, I can see give some uh, example. When you introduce me, you said, "I hello, I am Chor. I am the director of this organization." When I say that, "Hello, I am Rana. I am a wheelchair basketball player," the attitude already changed. When I introduce something or uh, communication or some other, they actually respect me. This is the difference on your disabilities and your player with disabilities. The player is this address or this. Uh, identity the attitude of people in the community totally changed they think about it positively think about it, you can do something and also is your mindset that you can do in society for everything if you want can you tell me a little bit about your relationship with the international committee of the red cross i am the player of the international committee of races in bangladesh side of the program and they are just invited to play the wheelchair basketball and they have some program in the with CRP with partnership. They just call me and I, are you interested to play basketball? I say, yeah, okay, yeah, I will give my time. And they call me for the 10 days conditional camp or something. Some players come from the, all over the world. ICRC actually run a partnership project with the CRP to develop in the wheelchair basketball. They also work with our basketball federations and also work with the National Committee of Paralympic in Bangladesh to develop the wheelchair basketball. Can you tell me, in your perspective, what do you understand humanitarian to mean? Humanitarian means is for some help because of the, the Bhasnam, a society or the, some group of is not give their basic rights. When the government don't provide their basic rights, the ICRC work with that. The government don't give me our uh, basic rights. Like our government don't provide my accommodations, my communication rights, my educations. But then ICRC work with that. Education department to access for the disabled people. They advocate with our local community to rejoin the disabled people. One of the things that we know is Bangladesh experiences cyclones and flooding. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about what that experience is like, particularly for you being in a wheelchair and, and paralyzed? In the every year, in the season of cyclone time, there's some people in disabilities with like they have lost their hand or lost their leg. I see us to work with that in for this area, building the shelter. When the cyclone is coming, so ICRC and our government or some NGOs work with some cyclone area for warning the people to take a shelter. I want to come back to the thing that we were talking about before in terms of attitude changes, both in terms of the general population, but also for you as a player. How would you describe sports and, and playing wheelchair basketball as supporting your recovery or rehabilitation and in particular changing your perspective or refreshing your thinking? Actually, it's helped me a lot. Sport actually helps your mind and it actually helps you the psychological play. Okay, you know, you are now in a difficult time, but when you play the good sports, you talk to the people more, you're laughing more, a conflict with your the players that actually helps to play the normal life. Sports can give you some uh, time to refresh recreations. You said earlier when we were talking about the CRP that some of the work is about rejoining people to their community. Can you talk a little bit more about what that means and and how the team that you're on plays that role? 
When you play wheelchair basketball, people actually treated you as you are a player, not as a disabled person. Some of people also try to take your handshake, take a selfie with you, and thinking about you, you are a very good player. Not they're talking about your condition, about your disabilities. The attitude is fully changed. So call I am the national treasure. He is the national treasure. This is a big difference. One of the themes of our series is about rediscovering hope and optimism, even in difficult contexts. Can you tell us a little bit about how discovering wheelchair basketball positively impacted your life, how discovering wheelchair basketball enabled you to rediscover this idea of hope and positivity for the future? Sports give me as a room to develop my career. When I made an accident, distracted from my plan of my future. When I accident, I was the student of our 12th grade. So I didn't complete my university. So sports helped me to take easy career, to play basketball, or give me as a confidence back that you can do something, in, even if you sit in the wheelchair. And how does that affect your thinking bigger? Not just about your career, but just about your whole life. Has it helped change your perspective in any meaningful way? When you play the sports, your mentality, you will reach. You will be more patient. You will be a little bit calm. It mentally works. And also, it physically works. This gives you physical exercise. When you get some physical exercise from this time, the mind will be fresh. Right? So, when you play puncha basketball or some of the sports, actually help to introduce you to your community that we can do such something in this community. Because community wants to stay what they can do. People will say, that, yeah, they can participate in our national uh, activities. So, this is also show to our community too that they wheelchair visible people can join and contribute to the society as well as a normal person do. It, this is the very good way to advocate to the community to give the message to them that the disabled people also can do their things if you give them some room. Because if you give that their accessibility, all of accessibility for your office or something or disabled persons can work with like as same like a normal person. Rana, thank you so much for joining us on Beyond Aid. We wish you the best of luck in your sports career. Next time on Beyond Aid, we're going beyond despair and speaking with Chris Hoffman about applying contemplative practice and meditation in humanitarian aid and finding new ways of addressing empathy fatigue and building compassion and crisis response. Thank you for listening to Beyond Aid. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues. To make sure you don't miss our next episode, subscribe to Beyond Aid on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.